need a catchphrase. I was thinking of one. I thought, what about like, yeah, yeah, we're dumb. <laughs> that sounds. We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. You don't like that? I give it um, a four. Yeah, yeah, we're dumb. Because I don't want us to be positive about our stupidity. We're, we're supposed to be upset that we're we're dumb. I think we're supposed to be upset we're dumb. I I've never. How many people are happy that they're dumb? How many people name name a show after something they're sad about though? Like yeah, the Good Place. Other than like the Browns. Um, what? <laughs> the Browns is like a sad name it's for true. a famous thing. I, I, we'll still workshop it though. We'll, we'll so I think I think we're celebrating being dumb comic creators. We, we are celebrating being dumb comic creators. We just so like what about yeah yeah we're dumb. I don't like. You it. just it's don't not, like it. Just don't like it. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get it eventually. That hurts. Yeah. I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. Instead, you just remind everyone how, how... This week, I came with one. I was ready. I had one. I lost it before, remember? I forgot to write it down. Right. Well, I actually came with one. Yeah. I had it. So you're better Yeah. Yeah. We're dumb. Okay. Everyone... Don't like that. Keegan Shiner, my co-host, and I am Eric Schwartz, is better at coming up with catchphrases than I. But I can't tell you what we are, though. Do you I'm not we are better that, at coming up with catchphrases than you. Well, I just remember to bring them to the podcast that we're recording. Okay. So you're better at being an adult when it comes to... <laughs> uh, being responsible? Yes. Yes, being My responsible. Things. Yeah. I guess it just makes me a dumb... A dumb what, Keegan? Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dumb comic creator. Yeah, you are. But and I, and I am too. And you are too. But we have somebody with us who's not a dumb comic creator. No. Uh, no. His name is Andy Buandi, who's come up with some great, great online comics. Buandi? Buandi? Yeah, Boo, yeah, Andy Buandi. Andy Buandi. Andy Buandi. It used to be Andy Boo Pandy. Andy Boo Pandy. Oh, what yeah. made? Was there a great decision that you changed it, or? There's another cartoonist named Andy Pandy. Andy oh. Pandy. Yeah. <laughs> the lore <laughs> is deep. What about I don't Andy? Know what happened, though. Andy Landy. <laughs> yeah, because like Wandy doesn't really mean anything. Landy can mean something. I stick the landing. Right, right. Andy Boo. Where, what's the Boo come from? Andy Boo. <laughs> It's That's so complicated, but basically it doesn't really mean anything. So, I, so Andy to... Boo is the first name, and Wandy is your last name. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Is where, that your legal you, so... last name, Wandy? No, 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 no. It's totally self-titled. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Artist name. Like Artist name. like Eminem, like Banksy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like, so if my last name was Wandy, I could not name my kid anything other than Andy. Like my last name was no. my last name was Schmier. I would have to name my kid Locks and Schmier. Like Locks would be the first name, and would be the middle name, and Schmier would be the last name. Like Taylor Swift, like Beyonce. Beyonce and Schmier. <laughs> Beyonce Schmier. Taylor Swift's not a real name, is it? I don't know. Probably. Hmm. Well, oh, I know Katy Perry's is in. It's like Jordan something. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think any of Lady Gaga. Right. She like she <laughs> should she should move those together. It should be just be like Lady Gaga. Lada. Like all one word. Yeah. 
Andy Boo Andy. Andy He's, Boo Andy. It's all one word. You go yeah. by Andy Boo Andy. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make. It's one <laughs> word, but I say Andy Boo a lot. Andy Boo. Okay. Yeah. Does anyone go like, "Hey, Boo Boo"? You know, you know what? <laughs> Most people just call me Andy. They're like, "Like, wait, oh, I yeah, forgot. Yeah. Can I swear?" Oh yeah, yeah you can swear. You oh. can. Yeah, yeah. We we gave up on the kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they, People are like they, they're like cut the shit. Your name is Andy. It's not Boo. It's not Wendy. So most people just say Andy. But That's I weird. try. If they then don't know your real name, why would they assume when they say it's that Andy? By saying Boo, Boo. <laughs> hey, yeah. Boo, Boo. Hey, Boo, Boo. Hey, Boo, Boo. Hey, Boo, Boo. Well, we're so excited to have you on. You made us a special cover. Yes. Which, fun. of course, we're going to use as the, the uh, image for this podcast episode. Yes. Of course, of course, of course. If that's okay, actually, because you made it, so. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll send you a better version. Do I have to give you money? Is no. That... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and do it already. Okay, cool. Well, um, so how did you get started making these? Making comics? Uh, yeah. I had this whole thing prepared because I feel very passionate about it. My whole thing <laughs> is that it's not what you think it is. This is what you might think it would be like, that someone has talent and then they foster it. They foster it over a long period of time and grow steadily. But it's just like, that's not how it was. It's so hard. So I got into comics really young. I got into comics in like in fifth grade. Um, do, you, do you know the Landry News, the book? No. Oh, it's like a kid's book. It's by Andrew Clements. He made Findle. That's like his biggest okay. book. Okay. Yeah. And you, like you got to read it at school. And the laundry, I don't know. It's like laundry or Landry. The Landry News is about uh, these kids that start like a newspaper for their class, but then it gets like really, really big. But when we read that in fifth grade, uh, we wanted to do it for real, like my classmates. And I wanted to be a part of it. I didn't, want, I didn't know what to do. So I tried to make a comic. And the punchline is that it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> it was a mishmash of like um, Terry and the Pirates plus uh, Neverhood, which is an obscure 90s click and point adventure game and <laughs> like One Piece. Like it didn't yeah. make any sense. And it was the first time that I had someone say, this doesn't make any sense. This is bad. We're not going to use this. And ever since <laughs> then, I was just like, I have to do this. But, yeah. Um, you were rejected in fifth yeah. grade. Yeah. It's you really did the funny. angry point like, I'm going to get you and I'm going to get better. <laughs> Does the yeah. editor of that newspaper now work for the Washington Post or like some big newspaper? No. <laughs> All I know about him is that he has pretty impressive facial hair. So I'll give him that. Oh. <laughs> what, what is it? Like a full beard or like what it's are we talking? It's just really black. It's just like jet black. It's really nice. Jet it's black, not yeah. long, but it's like, you know, black. Oh, yeah. Like is, a Billy is Mays. It, <laughs> is it better than Eric's or worse? Mine's bad because mine's mine's not like not growing because like it's meant to be impressive. It's growing because it's I'm lazy. Well, yeah. at least you guys can grow beard. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. I, I, I had to shave. I I tried to make a uh, quarantine beard. That was my big summer adventure into beards, and it 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 looked awful. It was terrible. So. Well, I just killed the podcast. You've been a great guest. See you later. <laughs> Now that we've talked about our beards, what else is there to talk about? Yeah. Okay, so, so you're so you're a fifth grader who's bitter and angry over his rejection. <laughs> well, did... well it, it, it started out that way, but really what it turned into was like an immense love. 
like a crazy love. It was just, um, there was a little bit of anger, but a lot of it was just, I love comics so much. Like, um, I would just think about it all day. I would be in bed. I would just be happy, not even because I made good comics, but just because I found something that I liked and that I could do it. And um, what happened was like, the sad part was I was so happy and so excited to do it, but it was just really hard. And, and I know that, uh, you know, like Jeff Smith, yeah. He made bone. Right, 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 right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Smith. So, uh, like, uh, he, he, when he was a kid, he, he's been making bone for a long time. Like, he, he started it when he was a kid. And, and, and I, I would have this book with, like, that would talk about his art and stuff. And it had, uh, 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 like, uh, copies of the things he drew when he was a kid. But the crazy thing is, I was, like, in fifth grade, sixth grade looking at this. And he made it when he was 12. And I'm like, I cannot do that. Because my <laughs> problem was, I couldn't get past the panel. I, could hard, I, I would rarely get past one page. Yeah. Even if I drew everything, I wouldn't write it. Like I couldn't draw, I couldn't finish anything, I couldn't write, I had really bad spelling, it didn't make any sense, and I couldn't explain my ideas to people. And and the kicker was that it was like that, like, I don't know, till sophomore in high school. Like I was never the good at art kid. I never was. And yeah. It's crazy because so many people you might see, you just assume that, like you were always good at art, but that's not true. And yeah, you had I to just, like fight for it, basically. And I think everybody does, though. Yeah. Like, uh, I got this quote that I love right here. It's by Emmett McMillan, who makes video games. And other people say similar types of quotes. But he says, talent is a word that people who are babies use to describe themselves not having in order to get away with doing nothing and being lazy. Talent doesn't exist. That's actually a lie. You got to work for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was not yes. good at writing. I was not good at drawing. I really had to work at it. So never, ever think... I want to do comics, but I can't draw. I, I want to do comics, but I can't write. I just never was good at it. I was bad at English. That's not an excuse. You have to try to do it. Right, right. That's kind of why we have this whole podcast. <laughs> and that's why I like this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Steve Hofstetter, who's one of my favorite stand comedians, who will always give the exact same advice no matter what to uh, anybody who wants to do stand comedy. He's like, you have just to do it. He's like, don't spend your time trying to think about doing jokes. Or you're going to have to be the greatest jokes ever. You need the greatest presentation. You need the greatest character. Get up here and do it. So, like, he'll actually, like, say, like, next two minutes, I'm going to drag you guys up on stage if you ask that, me that question. I'm giving you that two minutes. Do a joke. It'll, it may bomb. Guess what? I bombed every single day for the like, first five years of my career. Eventually, I stopped bombing. So eventually, I started getting better. And now I can do this for a living. So, get up here, do it, and just physically doing it is the key to everything. Yeah. Do you guys watch Kill Tony? <laughs> no. What is uh, that? Oh, it's this crazy podcast. You guys would like it. It's about, it's a, at the comedy store, right? In California. And okay. they make people like, a, 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 whatever, do their comedy for two minutes and, and then they give it a, give a review. Oh, it's really that brutal. Cool. Oh yeah. They're brutal. Yeah. But it, that shows you, you got to do it. Okay. So you're a sophomore in high school and you're finally being able to start, you said, putting things off the panel. At this point? Okay, so he, here's the story. So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just a very long journey, man. I had nothing to Okay, so me transitioning to high school was pretty hard. You know, I was in a, a, a private uh, a religious, like, Christian school. So I went immediately into uh, public school, and it wasn't clicking. I didn't know anybody. Uh, oh, I had, I had a best friend, but he left me. But uh, <laughs> he left me for the cooler kids, like, during oh, freshman yeah. year. Oh, yeah, that sucks. High but so like, tough. all I had was art, but not really, because I couldn't really do it. Yeah. So I was like, I have to make a change. 
I have to really focus. I can't just do one page and give up anymore. So this is what I did. I did a sketchbook. I did one comic. I, I penciled it. I inked it in a sketchbook every day, like daily sketchbook comics. And then um, that that changed everything. I would do it after school, even if I was completely tired or I didn't have a good idea. I still have that. I did like three sketchbooks after that. And also I, during freshman year, uh, I took an art class with a comic guy. That's like a real comic dude. Yeah. And uh, I made like three. Z oh no, I made I made one zine with him, and it was twenty pages. And None of this was good, okay? The sketchbook was not good. The zine was not good. But I I, 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 could, I held it. I could look at it. And then it was real. Yeah. And I did it. Yeah, it feels good to get that first one done. Or something tangible in your hands, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I recommend printing to anyone who's starting out too. Just even if it's you don't feel like it's your best work, if you print it and it's like a real thing, then like suddenly you are a comic maker you know, where suddenly you are a painter, if, if that's what you're going after or something, you know. So, yeah. So, um, when did you start feeling like you had more confidence and, like, we're making better work? So, so this is what happened. I, I went to art school, but the crazy thing was I was spending all my time writing, and my drawing skills were not actually that good. I was in a class, and I saw this girl, and uh, uh, she was drawing on her hand. I was like, maybe she's taking notes or something. I looked, she was using a ballpoint pen and on her hand, she had like, it looked like a tattoo, but she just drew it. And I was like, that's not me. I've just been writing and stuff. I can't do that. I couldn't Wait, even make something like that on paper. What school did you go to? What art, school? Uh, art Institute. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. A lot of comic people there. And then, um, yeah, there are. Yeah. And, and then, and then, and then that was like a, like a punch in the gut. <laughs> and, 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 and then I kind of stopped, uh, I kind of stopped making comics actually. And then I was practicing on, on drawing. And uh, it was that time period in college where my drawings got better. Then I moved to digital and things just clicked. And I realized I was good at color. And that's when things kind of started. Uh, like yeah. finally, fi in college, finally. It started yeah, changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it because you practiced a lot then at that time or? Do you think it, it's just something clicked in your brain and it suddenly it was, became easier? It was dead because I spent hours and hours in high school yeah. and, and before that too. So yeah, it was a lot of those things, you know, um, I guess I'm kind of a late bloomer. Like also my personality kind of changed a little bit and it was easier for me, for me to talk to people when I got older. So I guess that's just a personal thing. But, well, I have this uh, whole like theory about peaking, right? Like I'm always trying to avoid peaking because people like peak in high school and then they just live yeah. forever, like thinking about high school where people peak in college. And then like everything is about my college years and this and that in college for the rest of their lives, you know? And like, and, but I feel like if you avoid that, like, well, that was everything I'm going to do in life. If you can avoid that and you just keep getting better, you can just live your whole life like that. Just keep doing new things and learning and getting better at basically anything you know um so yeah i, I definitely am relate wait i want to go back to this the art school did you feel like you knew everyone or was it kind of like a large school to you while you were there i guess in retrospect it is small and i did recognize people you know it's like the same people outside that smoke you know and they're like oh yeah we've seen you around you, you, you know you in, in the lunch table is kind of small too but I feel like it still feels bigger to me because I, I, 
I never really found my place there, you know? Oh, yeah. So I guess okay. technically it's small, but to me, it's this big, scary thing still in my head. So I, I went, I have a similar experience going to art school. Um, and I know I didn't get my undergrad in that, but like, I also like doodling, you know, and doing comics. Uh, and I, I did like a webtoon when I was in college, but I, I never felt like I could draw, you know, and uh, my friend had all these skills. Uh, so when I went to art school, I also was super jealous of the people who just knew how to draw realistic figures, like, or, yeah. or knew how to do like all these uh, amazing art things, you know, but yeah, you find your own voice right through that. Like you kind of, I don't like, try at all. Um, and I'm perfectly <laughs> okay with that. Yeah. I don't, like the art that you guys, that even Keegan produces is much better than the art that I can do. The art that Andy, you've just seen just on yourself, is just fantastic art. Andy like, Boo. A Andy Boo. I'm sorry. I, I didn't see your full name. Andy Boo Andy. My fault. Um, Andy Boo Andy's art just fantastic. Um, yeah, it is. So be okay with what you can do and work on your strengths. Um, I, that's why I'm focusing more on the writing side because I have read comics. I like comics. But I also know how to write, so that's what I'm focusing on. Um, and I'm getting help where I can from other people. So you, you started getting better, and then what was your, like, first thing that is, like, this is what I do. This is, like... So basically, this is what it is. There was a string of me doing series that I didn't finish. I did this... I don't... I think I did 10. I did this comic strip called uh, The Not-So-Well-Drawn-Well, -well, and it was about a badly-drawn well that looked different every comic. <laughs> and uh, people I knew liked it, but I only did like 10. And then uh, I did this other thing called Acid Pond. And it was about these ducks that were in a bucket of acid. And it was about like like lots of fourth wall breaking and saying like, we're ducks, but why are we underwater? Wouldn't we be swimming above it? Like we're always underwater. I, I don't know, just like silly stuff like that. And I did like 20 of those, um, but I stopped doing that. I mean, honestly, oh, oh, okay, okay. So I kept doing, I kept doing, I kept starting comics and, 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 and um, um, having them, having to abandon them because it just became too much. And uh, one, I forgot when, but one year uh, I started a new Instagram and I'm like, I'm going to do kind of like in high school, I'm going to do something every day. I'm going to make a comic. Uh, I'm going to like rap because I'd like to rap for fun. I'm going to do, I'm cool. going to put that up. It eventually evolved into, uh, and I did it for like a whole summer. And then the, like the busy, biggest success that I've had is not a comic thing. I started doing uh, 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 covers for rappers. And uh, there, that, then there was a period of that, that, that was my whole life. Covers uh, for rappers? Like illustrations yeah. for rappers? Oh, cool. Yeah. There's this, okay, so this is my story. Um, there's this guy named Glock9, and he was... Um, he was gaining some buzz in Florida and he had like a video that got really big on world star. So then I drew that and then he liked it and he talked to me, he used it. And then we had a, like a relationship for a little bit. And I did like three uh, covers for him. And this was like legit stuff. Cause he was, he was uh, signed with cash money, which is like Birdman, like, you know, Birdman. Oh, yeah. Lane. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. He was like a new cash money artist. And, uh, you know, I would talk to the manager and I would, uh, I, I signed a contract one time. Um, oh, cool. Oh, here's another thing about me <laughs> that I haven't said. There's just so many little things. So this is going to sound like a joke, but it's not. Um, I am very self-destructive. <laughs> I get very emotional. 
Yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's not unlikely that one day I might just delete my Instagram or tear up comics or whatever. And I think, uh, that kind of happened. I was kind of like, I don't like this rap stuff. I was getting too many <laughs> requests and I just kind of abandoned it. Yeah. Uh, and then we're at where I'm kind of in now where uh, I make comic strips and I'm focusing on comics. That's really what I want to do. The rap stuff got out of hand. I know I could draw pretty good enough now. And yeah, uh, yeah it's been like a coming back to my roots period for me lately. That's interesting. So, uh, I mean, like, what was it about the rap stuff that like kind of got to you after a while? Everybody, every artist wants commissions and, and, and it's just like, it's just kind of like the stuff that you would assume would happen when a commission doesn't go well, you know, like yeah. the person keeps asking you to change it. Um, oh it, yeah. It takes too long. It, it, it like every single thing is different. You know what I mean? You yeah. might be doing like uh, something really cool that you like, like a graffiti type style cartoony, but then the next person is going to ask you like, Hey, make me an X rated thing and draw like a hundred girls and stuff. Yeah. And, it's just it's like a whiplash kind of thing i see i see that yeah um andy boo andy boo andy boo andy may i call you andy boo <laughs> or mr wandy mr wandy <laughs> mr wandy that's a new one what's your current stuff uh we have it here your current project is birds of sadness yeah what inspired this uh little mini series that you're working on well, I say right there it's a miniseries, but it's totally not anymore. I'm probably going to do this for a while every weekday. I actually, okay, I actually made 40 of these last, sum, last summer. Do you know what I mean? And I held yeah. on to them for a really long time. And it was totally based on trying to make stuff that's more accessible. This is my elevator pitch. Birds of Sadness is it's going to be or it's supposed to be or I want it to be like an emo peanuts kind of. Because <laughs> that's something that I would want to read. Yeah. Um, and now, like, well, what emo means to me, kind of like more like Midwest emo kind of thing. You know what I mean? Uh, Midwest emo. Yeah. I'm not. Like I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I don't know the different uh, clicks within the emo. Is there a West Coast emo? No, but there's like there's like um, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> but you know, there's like uh, like emo pop or whatever. And Midwest emo, emo is like was okay. its own kind of thing. Okay. Do they, yeah. are they like biker gangs now where they wear vests that say what, you know, where they're from? <laughs> no, it's like rappers like uh, okay. <laughs> saying they do emo. That's like, that's like, that's what emo does now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, emo rappers? Yeah. I am too old, I guess. <laughs> you don't know Lil Peep? Lil Peep? Yeah. I, I do not know Lil Peep. Gosh, I wish I knew Lil Peep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in some circles he's very big, but he he's dead. R.I.P. Oh. R.I.P. Gus. R.I.P. Lil Peep. I guess I'll never meet Lil Peep. He really was emo. Okay, <laughs> that's so emo. He embraced the lifestyle. He's so emo. He's oh shit! I shouldn't. He's not him. here anymore. That joke is not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Uh, cool. So these birds are are there different bird like uh, is it the same cast of birds? There is four main ones. I actually might have a model sheet. Uh, like here's one of them. This is like an arrow one. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, hold that up. Yeah, we can see it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. 
There's an arrow oh. one, there's one with holes, there's ones with cracks, and there's one with band-aids. But then I make up ones sometimes. Or sometimes okay. I forget, like they don't have the arrow. Oops. <laughs> What's your writing style with this? Um, so uh, can you pull them back up, Keegan, right quickly? There's specifically yeah. the one in the Funhouse Mirrors. Like, did you have a joke in mind and built to that? Or did you just kind of like, hey, I was starting at a point and go there, so. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how I wrote this, but I can guess. Uh, I get my ideas through words a lot. Like, you know, like I'm like, uh, and my whole big thing is that I like puns, but I, I only ever really want to do puns if I could like do two punchlines or something. Get two or three jokes out of it. Yeah, because yeah, so you got I two jokes like, out of this one, because the top right panel, uh, um, there's a joke and then just the fun at the end. So I was, I was just my curious because my writing style is I start off somewhere, but I don't know where I'm going to go. And so I always find it interesting when I see people that know where they're going to go, but not necessarily how they get there. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think about the beginning part first, or sometimes I think about the punchline first. Uh, it just depends. Where do you write these at? On loose leaf. Like loose my room leaf. is just full of loose leaves. Yeah. It's been like that for like since high school or something. The reason why, like I said before, I made these last summer, I've been holding on to these is because I wanted to put them out when I was, you know, when I was at a job and I couldn't make comics. So then I would have like 40 of this new series that I could put it out. But yeah. quarantine, ha I mean, uh, Corona happened, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the quarantine as well, so. You also have um, some other comics that um, you want to talk about? Are you a big Anna Ferris fan? Not necessarily, I mean, I like her, but I don't know like every little thing about her. But this was just like a funny opportunity that I thought would be uh, fun to do. It's very confusing. It, no one likes it because they don't get it. But at the time on Anna, Anna Ferris's Instagram, she was doing this, take a picture of it, and then she would come up with a story uh, around the description. And then I was like, this would be funny because this writing is actually good. I was like, I like this. This is funny. Uh, so I wanted to make it into a real comic. So I spent like a ungodly like amount of time on this. And I even sent it to her. She didn't say anything. Sometimes you send your art, people will respond. This time that didn't happen. But wow. it's just like, Oof. I just think this is a really funny, weird comic. Interesting. I, I do too. Uh, let's take this moment to talk about your color uh, choices. Wait, first of all, do you draw everything digitally? Or do you scan so, it in? So, okay, uh, this one, everything, I pencil everything okay. um, by hand. And this one is a rare one where I did do it digitally, but I don't have a Wamcom. So I did this with my mouse Okay, um, a long time. Oh, my God. But you like all those, Wacom. Yeah, yeah, I had one, and then I lost the pen. But... Um, <laughs> Pencil the did the pencils by hand and then like uh, inked over it. It took like three months or something. Oh wow! How many page? This is how many pages? It's uh, it's like four or five. no, it's like six pages, right? Yeah, yeah it's like it's very panel. detailed too. It's very very detailed. How how did you do the colors? Okay, so I use um, I use I'm all about just. You, you can make stuff look professional, look really good, like with uh, stuff that's not the best. You know what I mean? Like just how like I did it with the mouse. And I don't use Photoshop. I use Medibang. You guys know what that is? No. Oh, Medibang is free. 
and anyone okay. can download it. it you can download it really fast and yeah it's it's kind of like a, a bootleg of photoshop oh cool but i do everything in medibang yeah nice I'm, i've been using photopia which is a browser-based photoshop oh, I and think I heard yeah. yeah you can use it on chrome um but I, i've been doing all my photoshop stuff on that recently medibang is what you're saying awesome so do you, so do you do you, these aren't vectors that these are no um, okay. it's pixel yeah so do you have one layer for the color and one layer for the lines i'm, I'm guessing the, the sad truth is that everything i make there's always a hundred layers they're always <laughs> unnamed i always get confused <laughs> that's just how i work <laughs> okay so a lot, a lot of chaos yeah is that something you're trying to get better at or something that you just that's your process now it's something that I know I shouldn't do and I make fun of it, but I'll probably do it forever. I see. Okay. <laughs> cool. What about your color palette? Because it's really unique, I think. Um, it's kind of pastel. Um, and there's lots of gradients. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, it's also like sort of fluorescent, I think, right? Um, how did you come to this sort of style? Um so uh it's it's very odd it's like uh i used to color with watercolor because i i didn't do digital for so long i was never a color guy and uh one day i just got good at it it, it, was, it was i didn't try i never thought i was a color guy i always thought i was a line guy or a story guy and yeah. it was just kind of like one of those uh uh, uh happy accidents or little miracles and i think that like you will not like it, it, and it took years to get to that point. So you should, anybody struggling with comics, keep going. Yeah. You have a hidden talent within it that you don't even know about. Yeah. I don't know theory or anything, but I always get compliments about my, I don't know what it is, but. Well, you must know. I mean, you know the basics of theory, right? Color theory and kind of what goes next to the other thing, like purple and green, for instance, in this panel. Like, uh, yeah, I would say, like, this This is, like, pretty solid color theory. Yeah. Uh, green and purple and blue. You know, just, like, in general, like, basic aesthetics. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just go by eye a lot and feeling. And that's, like, a, yeah. It's it sounds so loose, but that's really how it is. That's I really think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a natural if you like eventually just doing enough of it you get an act for it and as you said you've been doing it for a long time and something just clicked therefore it works uh mr wandy do you have any influences for your comics like anyone that you're looking at also do you see things as a pornographic memory just right now <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish. Are we That's totally like a like a, a word thing. Look at me right now. Do I look beautiful? <laughs> <laughs> you always do. Thank you. But, uh, you do too, Andy Buon. Andy thank Buon you. <laughs> yeah, but um, my influences are you know I was just a comic nerd, and there's so many that I like. The people that I say uh is like Charles Schultz. Uh, do you know Mark Bayer? He's kind of obscure. Mark Bayer. I yeah, I know. I don't know Mark Bear, so it's like B E, yeah, B E Y E R. Okay. Yeah, he was friends with Art Spiegelman. Like he was in Raw. Oh sure, yeah, I've seen these before. 
What I love about it is that they look really crazy, kind of punky, but if you actually read them, they're really sweet and they're really nice and they're very peanutsy, but you wouldn't think so. And yeah. You And when you read them, like if you have a book of them, it's really addictive. You just want to keep reading the next one. And what what about Charles Schultz? Because you're, you're sort of the first person we've talked to that really likes Charles Schultz. I mean, yeah, like it's not, he's not usually the person that people say when they talk about it. usually they say more like Mark Miller. <laughs> right. I mean, I like, I like those guys too, but there's definitely a certain sect of cartoonists that have, this is kind of harsh, but like a fetish for Charles Schultz, like Chris Ooh. Ware. Chris Ware, he yeah. loves the Charles Schultz. So there's a, I, I could see that. Yeah. I could I see, see how he would be kind of ripping off Charles Schultz. <laughs> Not, I mean, his character design, now that I think of it, is like very similar to Charles Schultz. Chris Ware. <laughs> uh, he did building stories. Yeah. Eric, were you the one that gave me building stories? Probably. So uh, this is a funny story. Eric had this book and he got it as a gift from someone. Uh-huh. I forget who, but he had like never opened it. It's this big box. Yeah, it's, it's, giant. Called, it's called Building Stories. And he thinks it's like some sort of board game or something. <laughs> so it's just wrapped up and it's sitting in his room. And I'm like, is this building? Like, he's like, do you want that? And I was like, okay. And I never opened it too. <laughs> oh. I, I never opened it either because I thought it was some sort of stupid board game. And, yeah. it, and it didn't make any sense for me to open because I was like always moving around. And then I went to art school and I took a class with Chantal Zachary and an artist book class, right? And one of the, like the first thing she pulls out on like day one is like all these artist books. And then there's this big box that I have sitting in my house. And I'm like, what is this thing doing here? And she's like, oh, that's building stories. It's one of the best comics ever made. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> It's some sort of stupid board game. She's like, no, open it. And then I open it. And of course it's fucking building stories. And it's like one of the best comics ever made. And then I went home and I like showed my girlfriend at the time that it it, like how amazing this stupid box that Eric gave me was. (laughs) And then I called Eric and I told him how stupid he was for giving me that. (laughs) That's amazing. It's a really great comic, yeah. But it, Eric, it's got all these like little loose leaf comics in it and they all kind of connect, but they also don't. But they live in a building, the same building, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, it definitely looks like Charles Schultz. Building stories, yeah, that's my funny building stories. See, story. that even looks like Your Charlie building Brown. stories story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Building stories. Do you like building stories? Mr. Randy? Yeah, uh, the first Chris Ware thing that I read was uh, Jimmy Corgan. But okay. I read Building Stories, too, and that was really good. Do, do you, you probably didn't have a similar Building Stories story, though. Oh, man, I wish. <laughs> I would just get them from, like, the library. And then I'd have to give them away again. Yeah. Give it up. It, you know, if you ever need a great gift, though, it's, like, a very impressive gift. And I think it's only, like, $25 now on Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you ever need like to impress somebody with a gift, get building stories. I've seen people do that. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's like a fine art gift, but it's actually pretty cheap. 
Anyway, hot tip for our listeners. Grab building stories. How to spend your money and how to become an artist. More at Dumbfounded Creators. It's funny that you mentioned Peanuts because that kind of like made me want to draw comics too. Yeah. I, I, was a, <laughs> I was a Garfield fan growing up. That was the first comics I really liked and that did not have that effect. I read um, a lot of Garfield too. I mean, I really like Garfield. Like, I don't like people... People speak downly about Jim Davis, but I actually really like his stuff, and I think it's a lot of fun. He just—I really like it too. I don't know why people hate on Garfield. Yeah, so I don't know why either. I don't think they hate as much as like they realize that John is really pathetic. Well, their big complaint was that like there isn't that much character development. Like the characters practically stay the same for a very long time, which is true. But, but that's the way comics have always been, basically. Yeah. But yeah, there's been like no character arcs or character developments, though. It's just usually just John's a dweeb, Garfield is mean, Odie's stupid. Um, I got that book. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. These are, yeah, these are great. Yeah, if you've never seen Garfield minus Garfield, it's definitely something to check out. I've not seen that. Oh, that one where they, because they, yeah. they, they erase Garfield from the strip. Mm-hmm. And and it's just John living an existential life. <laughs> well, because the joke is that Garfield, um, he has, according to Canon, John actually can't understand what Garfield's saying. <laughs> so Interesting. If, you, if you listen to it, it's, it's supposed to be like really sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about um, the sweetness of these comics Do, draws you in, Andy Boo? Wait, what did you say? What about the sweetness? Yeah, like why? Why are you drawn to the sweetness of some of these comics? I mean, uh, I just like, uh, I just like pretty things, like pretty ideas. I I don't know at what age I discovered that, but um, I always thought that when you made art, it had to be really smart. But when you get older, you you look at different things, you hear different songs, and sometimes you realize like, oh, I just like this because it's pretty. Like. Um, What's that book? Like the the Little Prince? Yeah. Like that that's full of like pretty drawings and ideas and warmth and stuff like that. And I wanna do that, but like Mark Bear kinda had had do that with a little bit of grit, with a little bit of punkiness. Yeah, your your art is uh fantastic, but your words are very poetic, I would agree. Yeah. Um and sometimes they even rhyme, just to cap that off. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, how much of your work is biographical? Because like a lot of your stuff, like, just seems to be coming like, from a personal place. Like, there's the Pan comic from the um, Depressed Birds, and then there's also one that we haven't shown or talked about was the picture of you. I don't know if there's like a there's a story that inspired it or just anything in particular. You mean how I draw myself? Or not even how you draw yourself, but like how you write. Like, because your writing seems very like personal, like. Like, not that, like, you put, necessarily put yourself in there, but that, like, just how you feel about certain things. Yeah, like, uh, I see myself as a uh, uh, a writer uh, and kind of like a poet. Like, a, do you guys know James Kachalka? No. No. Oh, he, he was, like, one of the first people to do kind of, like, daily diary comics, like, daily autobio comics in a journal. Uh, mm-hmm. he, it's called American Elf. It's, like, really good. 
And uh, I think he lived in Vermont or something, and he won an award, and he won the Poets Laureate Award. And I remember uh, hearing about that, and I was like, that's crazy, but he's not a poet, he's a comic artist. And ever since then, I'm like, even if it's not official, even if Chicago or Vermont or whatever never calls me that, I wanna be like that, like to myself, like be a comic poet laureate. So um, that's how I view myself. And a lot of my stuff isn't autobiographical, but it does come from a real place. It, it, I, the way I look at it is uh, I have a feeling and then I try to make a character that fits that feeling. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that's what I do. That's cool. That's very cool. Well, uh, lastly, I want to talk about this Cloud comic. What inspired this? Uh, I, I, it came really fast. Just, that, just the whole idea is one of those ideas that came all at once. Um, I haven't read this in a while. It's kind of like a detailed kind of comic, but it's all about like, uh, it's kind of like a cloudception. It's like uh, taking the idea of how you look at people and thought bubbles and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I made it really quick. Like I called it cloud comic here because you know, it's not like a part of a grand epic right. <laughs> series or anything. Yeah. Well, to me, it was like the layers of self-deprecation that this person has, like, in between him and, like, having a relationship with another person, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as she tries to, like, uncover these layers, there's just more self-deprecation, right? Yeah. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's a mixture of... uh, it's a mixture of who she thinks he is and then who he really is. And it's just kind of like, uh, like uncovering the truth. Yeah. Yeah. This was the, I, to me, this was the most poetic comic in the, in the samples that you sent us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like this one a lot. Thank you very much. Thanks. Um, I really like it too. I mean, you said it very well. I was going to, I didn't want to sound repetitive, but no, it was very good. Very, that's why I was asking, just because that comic and the um, Depressed Birds, it sound just from a, it sounded very personal. To, I didn't know if it was personal to you or just a grounded story. Uh, Andy Boo, do you have any stuff coming up? Andy Boo, um, Andy? I am doing, uh, I'm not doing rap people anymore. <laughs> I am doing comics now, and I'm doing it every weekday you know, Monday through Friday and for, uh, uh, I said, I said it was a mini series. Uh, I lied. I'm probably going to do this for a while and, uh, it's going to be a feat. Do you know how many of them you've done so far? I've done, I think on my Instagram, there's like maybe 31. I have, I actually, it's like 20, 30, something like that. Oh, cool. Yeah. But I have a lot ready to go and a lot coming and now's a great time to check out my stuff, you know, before I self Where could they reach you at, Andy Buwandy, if they wanted to see your stuff? Oh, yeah. My uh, Instagram <laughs> is brightdollside, all one word. Brightdollside. At brightdollside. At brightdollside. Yes, sir. Cool. Cool. Well, you've been great. I think you yeah, gave us a lot of for- insight on, like, starting com- starting out doing stuff and sucking. And then also you gave us a lot of insight on your works as well, which is always nice to see. Yeah. You also mm-hmm. gave us that kick-ass cover art, and I guess more. 
Yeah, no problem. But it's like a success story, right, Eric? It's like somebody who yeah. could, couldn't do this for a long time, and then and something literally clicked. Just, they worked so hard that talent became a thing? Yeah. Yep. Well. Well, I still am not happy with your uh, catchphrase, by the way. I, I'm still upset about that one. It's, it hurts me. <laughs> We're not ending the podcast. No. I'm just we need saying, to say goodbye saying, to our guests. Well, <laughs> you say goodbye or are you confused upset? about what we're supposed to be doing right now i'm confused because you're because uh, your catchphrase upset me so i'm putting on my that's body. it andy boo you're the new co-host Eric, hey, you've been a great guest hey. <laughs> i've been fired <laughs> not fired just I'm not confused fi- enough to like you've been a great guest you can't <laughs> fire me i quit <laughs> andy you've been a great guest thank, thank you for you. putting up with us um Thanks for yeah putting up with us uh, as I just said and be repetitive. Yep, uh, and yep. hopefully we'll have you back on in the future. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, most do, definitely. Do some more updates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, yeah. thank you very much. See you later. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Special thanks to Andy Buwandy once more for talking to us especially about what it means to be a new comic creator yeah to do yeah it was really interesting to hear his story yeah i feel like i i i related to that a lot you know in my own journey as an artist i do too just like where the idea that you suck at the beginning but eventually you suck less to the point you no longer suck yeah you get good you hear about that in improv comedy all the time. Yeah, you hear that in improv comedy all the time where people are like, yeah, you can take 8 billion classes, but the most important thing is go out and do it. And or like, when they say like the most successful people in town are just the people who stayed doing yeah. it for like the 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, those guys must be... And they're like, no, they sucked. They were really bad. <laughs> yeah, Really, really bad when they started. You see that because you see like these new people who um, just quit too early is the truth of the matter. I mean, just yeah. if you enjoy it, stick it out. It's, you may be performing to the 20% audience after COVID, but still stick it out. Or if you're drawing comics, keep mm-hmm. keep doing it. You know? Keep doing it. Uh, well, I wanted to do like a little preview because this, this wasn't like finished, but... Um, Next, what are we doing a preview next, of? There's lots week, of previews. Next week's discussion will be about the inking of Death Maze 3. Mm-hmm. And this week, Death Maze 2 is out. It should be out today when you're listening to this. Um, no matter when you listen to this podcast episode, Death Maze 2 is out. Uh, you can find the link on our Patreon. You can help support Death Mazes by signing up to be a patron. Uh, you only pay when we release comics. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't want to do that, it, it'll be on our website, dumbcomiccreators.com, um, for free. So. And we will have a special review again next week by my <laughs> nephew, Henry. Next of week. Death Maze 2. Yes. Not, not, the, not this week, the day that it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Which we'll is confusing because we're recording it last week. Yes. <laughs> so... Last so you week, see, in two yeah. weeks, yeah, yeah, in two weeks will be too long. Yeah, but 
Next week, I will be talking more about the inking of Death Maze 3. Mm-hmm. And so Death Maze 3, I got pencils from an artist. And if you wanted to see these, you could go on our Patreon and watch the video of this episode. Uh, that's patreon.com slash dumbcomiccreators. And I'm sharing my screen, but I'm going to show Eric right now. Um, so this is the pencils for Death Maze 3. And I've never gotten pencils before from an artist. Uh, they've always done the inks too. Um, so this was new and I didn't know what to do with them, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, these pencils are by Maurice Buckley. He's an artist in New York City. And, you know, you can see Bert and Ernie here. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. So I went on Fiverr and I've hired a couple artists to do some inking. You can see here's one of the artists. And this is already fascinating. I can't wait to talk about this because they're so different already. Mm-hmm. Let me just show you. So so one of the artists this week, I've only got like one panel per page of her art. So you can see she she turned the pencils blue and then she inked one of the panels this panel and then the other artist already finished <laughs> and was very cheap it was only $20 a page that's very cheap yeah but you can already see the difference here in quality <laughs> i think i don't know maybe i'm wrong can you compare these eric yeah there's much more the one on the right is much much better the one on the right is better Interesting. How come? Actually, no. Never mind. The one. The, I don't know which one's better. <laughs> well, so, let me let me give you the answer. <laughs> At least to me, the one on the left is better. Mm-hmm. Um, and because because the character has button chops, and the the oh, let's let's look at the pencils too while we're doing this. So the one on the right, he has a beard, not mutton chops. So I think he I think the has... best way to compare this is to like line them up next to the pencils, right? Mm-hmm. So hold on. Yeah, so you can clearly see a difference between the cheaper one and the better and the better one. Yeah. Just... So the cheaper one or the better one, mush looks much much more closely associated than the to the pencil. Yeah, to the pencil. As in the cheap one, the guy has a full beard. He doesn't even have mun chops. Like right. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. That's why I declared that one better is because I prefer beard over mind shops. Yeah, yeah. And but even it's not that beard, in the though, is, is not that great, though. But it, it, Yeah, and it's not great because it's also not in the pencils that mm-hmm. he was supposed to be inking, which is interesting. And the, yeah. the ear is different. And kind of like the whole style of this character yeah. has changed. He has a more, like the, he has a more drawn-out face. It's not, it's not his, so his, in the penciling, his nose and eyes are much closer together than yeah. in the cheaper one. Right. Which is surprising considering you think he'd be just drawing on top of <laughs> the penciling. Yeah. I'm going to try and get an inker on here to talk about what they were doing mm-hmm. uh, when we talk about these. But, and, and so in this, in this panel, for example, um, you can see that they, they followed the character design a lot closer. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is they like took, they did fix some of this pencil work, I think, you know, to like make it yeah. make sense. And 
so like, the left eye on the and... pencil of the or so his right eye like the but like for me his for his right eye in the penciling is not distinct at all it's actually very blurry right, right. whereas right now i'm looking in the especially in the more expensive one yeah his eye is much different it's re- what they call rendered yeah yeah it's rendered out yeah, I just I'm very impressed with this. And that was just a test panel. She is still working on the rest of the page now. Um, but I'm ha- I'm happy with that. And then you can see like uh just another example of her work. It's just really well well detailed and well done. Light and shadows and I'm going to show you the the comparison here. Okay, so now I see a final inked version um and I see one that's final inked in blue. Yeah, so the final ink, so this is one the more expensive, um, the more expensive one, and and this is the the cheaper one. The more expensive one has a lot more details to it, a lot more added to it. Yeah, I think it's just done better. Period. It, it's got more shadows and more mm-hmm. rendering of the shadows. I think. Yeah, and it looks like especially to the right of the character in the cheaper one, he literally just looks like just. In the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to preview this a little bit. It's going to be a fun conversation about inking. And hopefully we'll get somebody on who can talk about inking. Because I don't know much about inking. Do I know very little. Yeah. So, But I, I know that I like good inking and I don't like bad inking. <laughs> And as we've just noticed, there's a big difference between the two. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that'll be a fun conversation. It will be. And again, Maurice Buckley did the art on that, and I think his art is fantastic. I enjoyed it. Hey, Eric, did you read any comics this week? I did read a comic this week, actually. I read the comic Weapon of God. Ooh. Wait, hold up that cover. Oh yeah, he's got the Christ pose. Oh, he must be he must be uh the hero of the comic. He is the hero of the comic. Ooh. And he if you notice there's a cro- there's a cross and O for God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Super religious, huh? Yeah, he's the weapon of God. He works for the Catholic Church. Oh boy. I bet you love this comic. I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely did not like it at all. Uh, oh no. Yeah. What was um, the story? So the story is a person claiming to be an agent of the devil is causing mass tragedies. He's like blowing up buildings. He's causing other problems. He poisons Las Vegas, etc., etc., etc. Okay. Um, he has the power to like look into people's souls and cause them to bid do his bidding. Okay. Classic. Yeah, classic villain. <laughs> Nothing classic special villain. about him whatsoever. <laughs> and so the main character is the weapon of God. So he is the person that was is to track him down and kill him or send him back. He won't kill him because okay. he himself is not the person who's calling himself the agent of the devil. Is actually not human. He's a he's an angel that follows Satan. Okay. And once per century, he um. <laughs> he's able to send out an angel to do it. That's what they pretty much said. Okay. All right. And there is literally no original storyline of this whatsoever. It literally is 
good guy is good <laughs> bad guy is bad bad guy does bad is able to sway people to his side because char- he's a charming bad guy despite you know having zero charm wait who wrote this who did the art and and everything it was written by jimmy palamati and justin gray okay um and it was artwork by giancarlo uh carcuso Okay. Uh, they're the same people that did Sex and Violence, who I was also. Not a big <laughs> have we of. have we liked a Jimmy Palmiotti comic yet? I thought you there was one that you said like it was like the the worker, like the girl is a prostitute superhero. Right, but I even that I wasn't like thrilled with it. I just no. know that it, it's a cult classic because it it like turned the Justice League. It was a satire of the Justice League. Yeah, but it. Like, no, I never said that it was... <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't think so. I think their stories are n- boring. Like, they literally, like, take, like, your B action like action stories and try to and put them into, like, a movie. So, like, there's nothing, like, unique. There's nothing, like, good about it. It literally is just there. It's, like, trash, right? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this one, I remember I got this one. I got Sex and Violence. I got them for free as a going away present <laughs> when I quit the comic book store. And it's the only reason why I still have them. The I see. The only reason why I read them. I got it. So what about the art? Uh, is How's the art style? The art style is fine. It's the Jimmy Pimati, Justin Gray art style, which is no, like... No, no, they wrote it. They wrote it, but like they, it's like dark colors, kind of like... No, no, just the art, Eric. The art. <laughs> we're we're doing a comic book podcast. We go through the different layers of story, art, color. Yeah, no, there's art. The art is dark. There's no bright colors. The characters are designed fine, but there's nothing like that really draws me to it. Well, what what does it remind you of? All their other work. Okay, so it's just kind of like classic. It's their classic generic. Like it it very much reminds me of DC Comics. But okay. not like better good DC comics, just like basic DC comics. So it's your basic comic book art style. It's not okay. That special. Got it. Uh, what about the color? Colors are. I know like, you just want to rush through this, but I, I don't like, like this about book. It. This is not a good book. <laughs> I like the less I talk about, it, the better I can forget it. Unfortunately, you decided to bring this book to the podcast, so I, well, yeah, I'm going to make I you I talk about book, it. And this was a new book that I read that is worth it to me. Okay. Um, so colors? the colors are all blacks and grays. Okay. There's never like anything that's brightly colored. It's, it's always looks like it's always night out, no matter what it seems, even during the day. Okay. Because even like the daytime show, like because there's a specific one. Let me see if I can find it. Is it black and white? It's not black and white. It's colored. Okay. So just, it's just muted. It's just muted. So like this image right here. It's the most colorful image in the entire book. <laughs> okay. And even then, it's still not that colorful. Yeah, it does look like that. Because she's supposed to be running in the black. morning. And yeah. even then, it's just no. Yeah, the tree, the tree looks like it's in pitch black darkness. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's dark out even with the sun out. And that's just because that's how they draw. Which is, okay. I'm not okay, what about the lettering? It's your generic <laughs> lettering. It's literally like, do you do lettering? Do you have you read a comic? <laughs> have you seen it? Yes. So, so you're saying cheap letterer on Fiverr is what cheap these guys. Cheap letter on Fiverr. The Blams are the same thing you find DC. 
the comic words are the same you find in DC or Marvel. It's okay. nothing like unique. They've got like your basic punch sounds, shoot sounds, and your basic characters. It's not. It doesn't. There's nothing okay. unique about it. It's been done. <laughs> All right. With that being said, what about the je ne sais quoi? There's some boobies. <laughs> Is that all? That's all. And it's not even throughout, like in sex and violence. There's barely any. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds great. So it's like a stupid R-rated movie that you wish you hadn't mm-hmm. seen. It's, yeah. It's the movie you snuck out when your parents weren't watching when you were a kid. Yeah. Or you snuck in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, you think like a 12-year-old boy would like that comic? Oh, he would think this book would be like super dark and badass. And badass, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So on a scale between uh between like like uh like you're a henchman inside like the third layer of inception, uh like one of those snow henchmen, mm-hmm. you know, and you're trying to I have get... no name, I have I'm my only goal, <laughs> I have nothing about me, I'm going to die. Right, and there's just all these like loud like around you like all the time time to walk up the stairs oh god it's so loud (laughs) yeah and you have to do that for like a whole year that's your that's your gig a whole year on that base yeah okay and uh and the best being you're like uh you're james bond's like sidekick and like you're you're the goofy character that hangs out with him That'd but then you double cross him, but then it turns out that you didn't double cross you, him. You were a triple agent the entire time. Right. Uh, yeah. What, what do you give this comic? A month in the exception room. Because <laughs> it's not that long. Second so layer. The get, second layer of inception. <laughs> yeah, you're in the second layer of inception. Because it's not that long. So okay. you know you're going to get out soon. Because it's not a long book at all. It took me less than like, a half hour to read. Okay. Um, bah. Bah. But while you're reading, you're in misery, and your only goal is like, why am I? And you're keep on, and you keep on asking yourself, why am I reading this book? It's just not a good book. But if you stop reading, you'll go into limbo. Yeah, you you might read some of their other books. You might go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool. So that sounds just dreadful. How do they keep on getting work? What? Oh, How these did, guys? Yeah, Jimmy Pilati and Justin Gray. Well, at this point, they're like famous artists, writers, and yeah. people just want their books. But and that, yeah. I think they're original original image creators too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I, why. Image comics, so that, that that has something to do with it too. That has to be it. But they have their own website, so that they okay. sell them on. Well, I read a comic too. Oh, did you? Is it was it better than that mine? Uh, I don't know. I thought I was gonna have the bad comic this week. To be oh, honest, God, with you. no. You had, well, okay. So, what was your comic before we continue? So, I've I'm a kind soul, mm-hmm. and I like supporting comic books on Kickstarter. Uh-huh. I think it's a good way to like study the craft too and see what other, you know, indie artists are up to. Mm-hmm. So I, I spent $5 or, or so and got this comic called Terra Olympus. Terra Olympus. Yeah. 
So it is uh, by Stephen Kok, K-O-K, Von, Rand, Von Randall, and Sean Keeman, uh, written by Stephen Kok, illustrated by Von Randall, edited by Sean Keenan, and then lettered by P.R. Daedalus. Um, and it, so it's an indie comic. So you can only like hate on it so much, but the story is there's there's two of these so far, volume one and volume two. Um, volume one is about thirty pages, I'd say. Okay. Which isn't really a lot, but it's not terrible though. Yeah, I don't know about calling it a volume. I'm just gonna start right there. I don't know why this is called a volume, but uh, so Terra Olympus is like this battle. This uh, the Earth was abandoned, and they like live on a spaceship, you know. And so it's about the engineering department on a spaceship. <laughs> so that's the premise. Wait, I, there's no. But first of all, there's never been a premise where people had to leave Earth and live on a spaceship. It's never happened. <laughs> I, you know, I'm okay with that because I like reading those stories. Okay. What I don't like reading are stories about engineers, and this is heavily about engineering. So if you are an engineer and that's kind of what you've dedicated your life to, mm-hmm. this might be a great comic for you. But if you went to an engineering college like I did, I went to Purdue, and you are friends with lots of engineers and they drive you absolutely crazy, like mind-numbingly crazy, then this might not be the comic for you. And this was not the comic for me, Eric. It just wasn't. It wasn't? No. So Mia is, she doesn't follow orders very much. Mm -hmm. She starts off the comic by saving a cat from getting cut up by a fan in zero G, which is cool. Also, uh, some of the action is okay. cats in the engineering room? The cat had crawled through the ducks and and ended up in this zero-G environment about to be sucked into a fan. That's good. And then Mia and her boss, like, they fight in, like, a boxing fight that they do, like, on Battlestar Galactica. They have those, like, little boxing fights. So it starts with them fighting as, a, as like, for, for bets, right, you know? And then her boss is super hardcore against the fighting and she has this new recruit to train. So she spends the next like 10 or so pages explaining to the new recruit, the entire world of this comic. (laughs) Like it's all set up. (laughs) It's all like like, exposition. And what makes it worse is that this character, Hannah is supposedly supposedly she grew up on Terra Olympus. So why is she asking questions about Terra Olympus? Like she doesn't know. And also Hannah is not an engineer. She says so. She says, I'm not an engineer. I wanted to be an expedition pilot. And Mia's like, well, now you're an engineer and you're in engineering. So that's what you're doing. So I don't know. Lots of, lots of uh, contradictions here. So Mia explains, I mean, they go on and on about how the logs of the ship can't be tampered with. And if they are tampered with, there's backup logs for the ship. And then immediately after that, somebody tampers with the logs. 
and and she causes a big funk about it and her boss is like ignore it it's not a big deal and she's like it could be a big deal and then he's like no it's not i'm gonna chase you and then she stows away chase you (laughs) (laughs) yep so she stows away on the ship that's taking off and then she lies to that commander and says she fell asleep when they were taking off and and now she's on their ship and is she into the engineering there too well we get to that in volume two she does end up doing the engineering they run into a satellite and the satellite apparently has been broadcasting from terra olympus to another base and that's spoiling volume two but it's been out for a while so i don't mind spoiling it i also uh, don't think anybody's going to care that much based on how you describe <laughs> it unless they're engineers right mm-hmm. uh so then uh and then volume two kind of just ends with like questions like how did the earth end and who are these other people <laughs> so i would say the story i mean the story did have like decent cliffhangers at the end of the comics which was cool and and like <laughs> And was something to learn from because uh, the to be continued like did leave you kind of wondering what was going to happen, but like I I don't trust <laughs> this story to end in a way that I wanted to or to not just continue. I wish we answered like a mag like what happened? <laughs> An asteroid hit us. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, they mentioned somewhere in here like there's mind controlling aliens that took over the Earth. Mm-hmm. So that was a thing that they just kind of threw in there, nonchalant. Like, <laughs> and I was like, mind controlling aliens. Please, That's never been done before. Please explain more because the mind controlling aliens aren't in this comic at all. Um, oh my God. The aliens are flying a sphere or a cube, maybe a <laughs> triangle. So uh, so the art, I'm going to keep going. The art for this comic is like very well done um, character designs and it has a lot of details on the like sci-fi stuff in the background, you know, because they, they work on a ship. So there's lots of like mech stuff in the background, you know, um, and it's kind of like, cool sci-fi stuff and they they use these ipads which are touch screen very futuristic ipads and stuff so you know i i thought the art was pretty good um and the the art again is by von randall Mm -hmm. and and i think volume two was actually even even better art um like it, it got really the inking got heavier and and more detailed and um to me it felt like yeah it felt like the art artist really kind of took command in volume two and you could really see what was happening better in volume two so in in a lot of ways like that was cool to see volume one to volume two that it ended up looking better and reading better um I'm going to move on to the color. The problem with this comic, in at least in volume one, is that there is no color, and it was clearly meant to be colored. Because Look they, at this. This is meant to be colored. Yeah, the inking is light, and it and 
when they do that, they expect the colorist to fill in the shading. Um, but what you got in volume one was like no, like hardly any shading and everything really kind of flows into everything else and it's hard to decipher what's going on. Um, and again, that's fixed a lot in volume two. So, um, so volume two is like meant to be black and white. And so if you're making a comic book, make sure you tell the artist, hey, this is gonna end up in black and white. I am not getting a colorist because I think they'll do something differently, <laughs> you know, when they ink it or when they draw it. Um, and, and we saw that in some comics uh, by Mark Von Annen, right? Like mm -hmm. his, his comic, clear, the artist clearly thought there'd be a colorist in one of those comics, but uh, when, as they progressed and they were like, oh, this is a black and white comic, the, the art got better, right? So yeah. uh, I think it's definitely something to be aware of if you're, if you're gonna hire an artist. But they, again, the art, the actual art itself, the drawings are amazing. Um, I think that was just a style choice that was overlooked in volume one uh, that they fixed in volume two. Uh, but the overall, I didn't mind the black and white, even though I kind of expected it for a sci-fi comic. Um, and I think color could have served the comic because a lot of these things seem yeah, like they could the be color. Right there. Yeah. But on the flip side, um, you don't see many sci-fi comics that are black and white. So... Mm -hmm. And it didn't detract from the story, which was mostly about engineering. <laughs> How was the inking? The Without inking, the, inking the, the wording, or the, yeah. Oh, the lettering? The lettering. The, I'm, one more thing about color. The only thing that really could have used color were these, like, uh, these pods that they use to get air on the ship mm -hmm. are, like, artificial plants. And I really think those could have used color to, like, understand what they were. Because they, they really just look like squiggles on the page. But b besides that, um, so back to the, the lettering. The lettering was pretty clearly, it was just digital fonts. And nothing really stood out. And I think it, it served the comic just fine. Like it didn't get in the way. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing too exciting about the lettering. Okay, uh, so was there a je ne sais quoi, a French term? Yeah, I think this comic's je ne sais quoi, that it, it wanted it to be the engineering. <laughs> and it spent a lot of time on this engineering stuff. But I have to tell you, like, engineering is really boring to the average human. <laughs> and I realize there's millions of engineers out there, and they don't think engineering's boring. Or maybe they do. I don't think they do, though. That's the problem with engineers is they don't know it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> and I know lots of engineers, and this is always the problem. And they'll talk on and on about engineering. But, like, engineering is just not that good. So when they spend, like, two pages talking about computer logs that were, were or maybe weren't corrupted or, like, hacked, and, like, two other pages about how the logs can't be hacked, and if they are, there's a backup. Like, I don't, I just didn't find that fascinating. Like, 
like I should have. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's what the je ne sais quoi I think of this comic is going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, me reading this comic, I think the je ne sais quoi for me was just, it had good art in volume two. Um, and kind of a, a decent premise of of them living on a ship. Although I, I don't think any anything was like fleshed out three-dimensionally. It, it was all just kind of like a mishmash smorgasbord of like every sci-fi thing that you've ever watched. And they just threw in different elements, you know? So that's, that's, that's about it for the je ne sais quoi. Okay. So on a rating from watching your pets and cats get <laughs> killed viciously and you're stuck in zero gravity so you can't do anything about it to finding super awesome alien species that are hot and love you and all that great stuff. Okay, how many limbs do they have? They have five boobies. Five boobies? I didn't say appendages, I said limbs. Oh, limbs? They have four. They're normal like that, but they have five boobs. Okay, so they're still bipods. Uh (laughs) I feel like we always go through this with aliens with you. (laughs) Are they bipods? Do they, they always bipods. have to be bipods? They will be bipods. They always do. Yes, but they have five boobs. Why? Why don't you like like uh, septopods? Fine, they're septopods with eight boobs. <laughs> oh wow! And they're just really cool guys. They're like, "Hey, we got this great beer. You want to watch our football?" They're like, "Yeah, I totally do." Because they're awesome dudes. That's interesting because septopods still wouldn't have enough like hands for. S- for eight boobs, you know, they're they're in various <laughs> places. <laughs> like you still wouldn't have enough hands to grab all of those. It was a weird natural selection thing. Um. All right. So this comic, I would give. Wait, what were the aliens doing? I missed it. They're like, let's go trigger our boobs and watch our and watch our sports. Okay. All right. And uh, you can, you can hit on our hot women with eight boobs. So this this was like watching a football game on mute with your pets. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff's happening, you're lonely, and you just don't care. (laughs) That's that's exactly right. Uh, I I really feel like this comic must be popular with engineers and has a lot of like cool sounding sci-fi stuff. And the art is good. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I don't think the story is great. The characters are two-dimensional. And uh, I, I, and the and it spent a lot of time just world-building in like this conversation with a, a person who should have known everything that she was being told because she grew up on the station yeah, that they were talking about. She didn't need an expedition dump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that was annoying. Um I, I do think the writing and the art got better in volume two, and I'm I'm sure that this series will progress with each comic, which is cool. So uh again, I found this on Kickstarter. My biggest gripe with this comic, and I've had some solid gripes so far, is that I am now on this guy's email list and I can't seem to get off. And also he added me to like a, a second email list. 
that was like through his comic production company. Mm -hmm. And then they added me to a third email list, which was like comics to movies.com. And like, I don't know how I got on like three email lists for this. Plus he's sending like daily, like not daily, but like frequent updates through Kickstarter, which also is like technically a mailing list. And so like, I just get too much conversation from this guy. And you're like, just back off, dude. Back the off. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just don't, I don't like this comic that much. And I, I'm not going to get Terra Olympus 3. I'm glad that I read this. I so do want to. So you know not to get number three? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I, I think it, people should try this and see if they like it. And, um, you know, I, I know the third Kickstarter will probably have an option that you can get all three for a certain price. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely what you should do if you want to, if you go on Kickstarter and you're looking for comics, definitely check out uh, their digital rewards, which might have more than just one comic, you know, for $5. You get like a few comics, you know, because they're PDFs and they can just send them. So it's actually a really cool way to read indie comics. Um, what do you think, Eric? Do you like having the comic physically or can you read these I on PDF? Prefer, I always prefer physical books, just, but that's just me personally. I, yeah. I still or I don't own that um, whatever the electronic thing is that people use, a, a Kindle. I yeah. don't own that because I like to have my physical books. I see. But that's also just like me personally, and I'm weird like that. Majority of people, like I know, prefer Kindles because it's just easier. I know, for example, my sister prefers a Kindle over a book yeah. because it makes it just easier for her. I mean, it's a lot more convenient because, like, the books I have, they're bulky books, but I like them. Yeah, I like I like having the physical too. Mm -hmm. um, I think for like things like comic books like this, mm -hmm. I like digital because I didn't commit lots of money to shipping and yeah. printing. You know, and I also don't really care for this series, <laughs> you know, and, and as it turns out, I didn't waste my money, you know, really, I was more than happy to pay the $5 or $7, whatever it was to try it, you know, and to read it, which is kind of what it's all about, you know, it's a cost of a cup of coffee, Eric. Where I have the coffee then, I mean, <laughs> I'm glad, considering how much I spent on this book, I swear to God. Have yeah, yeah I, I dodged a bullet with that. Yeah. Well, this has been a fun episode. It's been a fun episode. Thanks Hopefully. again to Andy Boo Wandy. Thank you, Andy Boo Wandy. You're a very interesting and nice person. Yes, you are. With a great story. Yes. And a very hip-hop name. Yes. And who does rap covers. I thought we said he did rap covers. I thought he like, he just covered raps, like like like, like basically like oh that's really cool. And he's like oh no, I drew them like actual rap covers. I'm like oh oh yeah, so cool. yeah. It's different. You expected him to jump into a, a verse. I thought he was gonna be like just like I got this right off my back. Just... <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping he'd rap. We, we should have asked him to. We I, we asked him to, and he said he said maybe later, and he that was the way of saying no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no race. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Uh, if you have any questions for us or you want us to review a comic, we are dumbcomiccreators at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at dumbcomiccreators. Facebook at dumbcomiccreators. Yep. We also have a Patreon if you want to get some comics for, uh, from us. <laughs> 
Right, and you can get those for free technically too, because we're releasing dumb the uh, Death Maze comics on our website. But we really appreciate if you'd support us as a patron for doing this podcast and for doing those comics. Uh, but we know that you might not, so we we just want you to read them. Mm-hmm. It's a healthy uh, decision, I think, Eric. I don't know. I agree. I think it is a healthy decision to read. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we're patreon.com slash dumb comic creators. You can also watch these podcasts uh, on our Patreon. Uh, they're basically YouTube videos. You go on there and it's like, there's the episode and there's the video for it. And they're free posts. You don't have to pay for the Patreon or anything. You just go on there. If you want to follow along with our screen sharing um, on any of these episodes, you can do that. Bye, Keegan. Bye, everybody. I'm Eric. We're dumb. Yeah, 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 dumb. No, that's horrible. <laughs> I don't want to forget that, too. Yeah, Two yeah, things I yeah, forget. dumb. No, bye. I'm hanging up. You're upsetting me. Okay. All right. Talk to you later, man. Bye. Bye.